No, I'll put my headphones on, Aaron, I promise. Had them off. I'm texting people left and right trying to set up some some interviews right now. But the bottom line is we're trying to get some people on to talk about uh, all of this about Medicaid because it comes up after over this weekend on was it on was it on Capital View or uh, talk business talk business and politics with, with Ruby Brock, Brock okay so where this interview came from yeah he, he had an interview I guess with the governor sounds like it um, okay and the governor said there might need to be a special session and here. that's no surprise I think to any of us sitting in this room right now we've heard some of the problems that are out there. We've heard Josh Miller talk about it. We've heard Brian King talk about it. And uh, what are you going to do about it? And you were speaking uh, to this, uh, R.D., during the break. Uh, when B.B. was governor, basically he had a big meeting with the uh, the insurance companies. And what happened is the insurance companies tweaked the people who are buying their insurance, which made it a little bit more expensive, so they got a few more dollars out of their people that were buying insurance and took the additional monies that they were getting from their their clients on that side of uh, the ledger to subsidize the other side of the ledger. Exactly. And so our insurance... That's kind of how insurance works in general, but generally you have voluntary customers as opposed to with Obamacare, people were essentially being forced to purchase it. And then also, I think another aspect of it is that... And by the way, that's a major problem they've got this time because they can't no longer, force people to buy no insurance longer forced, But I think there's still part of the issue. I, I think we're somewhat restricted in what types of insurance we can buy. I, I don't know what's left of that aspect of Obamacare. Do we, are we still ha- am I still having to buy... Um, of uh, by um, maternity care. If well, I, I would assume so plan. because well, nothing's gone, nothing's nothing's gone nothing's gone down. So nothing uh, else has changed. So I, I mean, the only thing it, that's changed is that you must. You and buy in, it. you no longer have to. Have, an have indicator it, so to me was, all right. Arkansas says, hey, let's sign up for the health care exchange. You're going to give us free money for it, guaranteed for five years to cover these. I don't remember twenty five to thirty thousand people. Twenty-five to 30,000 people is going to get free insurance from free money from the federal government. So I'm sitting here at my little business paying for health insurance for about 15 people and uh, or about around 12 to 15 people, and uh, we're paying $35,000 a year. Well, all of a sudden, here comes this, this free health care exchange, and my insurance went from $35,000 a year to $70,000 a year. And I'm going. Wait a minute. That's that little bit of tweak. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that tweak. <laughs> yeah, I tweaked it like a hundred percent. That Affordable Care Act. Huh? So I'm like, wait a minute, guys. I, I'm 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 from Mountain View, Arkansas. I'm not really sharp, but when this free program come up, my health care doubled. So I knew that somebody went and talked to the insurance commissioner of the state of Arkansas and said, "Listen, we're a little short over here on the free side." So let's bump these suckers up over here that actually pays for the insurance for all their employees, and let's cover the free side over there for the free people. I knew the meeting happened because like this, within months of whenever it happened, my insurance doubled. So, uh, so later I get a hold of somebody that is a attorney for the state of Arkansas and said, well, were you there in this meeting? He goes, yeah, I was in the meeting. All right, is this the way it went? That's exactly the way it went. <laughs> So, man, there is nothing free. There is nothing free. And I was up there at the state legislature. As you guys know, I spent 
half of my retirement money, my go to the cabin woods money to to uh, get out of you know Little Rock and the what do they call the the palace down there mm-hmm. yeah, and the marble uh, palace. The marble palace, and uh, I spent a lot of money because they made me mad to double my insurance. My employees were working out in the sun in the heat every day, working hard to help pay for their insurance, and I was taking setting back money so my guys could have health insurance people would come and work for me because everybody down the road didn't have insurance but now let's just give everybody insurance so now all my competitors and have to be able insurance to do that you charge everybody who was buying insurance yeah so they doubled my insurance so my competitor a mile down the road guys could have it for free so i'm paying twice as much because i pay my employees well and, and I provide health insurance. They don't pay them as well down the road, so they're in the 138% poverty level, and they're getting it for free. The free market system. That's what so, I said. Anyway. It's, cap- it, it's, it's corporatism. It's corporatism. It's corporatism. That's exactly so what it that's, is. That's, what, that's the only reason I'm on the show today. I would have never got involved in politics. Yeah, Until that's politi- true. <laughs> I never got that's when, that's when he decided that he wanted to be a part of the power panel is, <laughs> so that we could keep this in front of everybody, and we've kept it in front of everybody. We've been talking about it's a no-win situation. I mean, you, you've got to take it from somebody somewhere. That's just the way that it works. You only have, you know, you only have so much money to, be, to deal with here. So where do you take it from? Do you take it from the people who have money that are buying their insurance or do you take or do you say we're going to keep it from the people who don't have money? <laughs> well, what they've decided to do is take some money from you, put it into a big pot and they're giving money to other people. All right, we need to get a break. Let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, back with you Dave Ellswick show. Making some we're making a ton of texts right now nobody's answering and i'm wondering if it's like i don't know if i want to really talk about that right now uh it may be they're kind of still sleeping in after their long session mm, i don't know uh, i'm just uh there's miller guys i just sent you miller. okay so josh miller we just sent him one too uh about that all right so anyway just keep up just just know we're trying to get more information about uh, what's all going on? Did you guys see what happened over Chicago, in Chicago this weekend about all these kids rioting down uh, downtown? I guess so. What was it about? Were they rioting about? No, oh, they were rioting. They just they they did one of those kind of like a flash mob, hmm. and got uh, on on social media said, "Oh, we'll meet down. We're going to all raise hell downtown." And they did. Two kids were shot. All kinds of cars were destroyed, and uh, whatnot. Now. Everybody saw that. I don't know if they saw what, first of all, what the, what, what was first the of all, let's put it this way. There was no issue. It was have a good time, basically, all right? Now, here's, <laughs> here's what is amazing to me. This was all over social media. They knew it was coming. Where the hell was the police department? That's... I mean, I'm not calling, saying that you got to call out everybody. But it would seem to me you would have a heightened presence downtown if you know something like this is going to happen. If you're seeing all of this all over social media, it's going to happen. So where were you guys? 
And then on top of that, we've got the new mayor, who who the old mayor, uh, you know, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice uh, came out and said, we won't put up with this. Okay, we're going to spank you. Nothing happens. All right. So let's move on with the new the new mayor. The new mayor, here's what he says. This is unbelievable. We can't let this happen. You've got to stop this. You can't be doing this. However, okay. Once he said everything he was going to say, then he said, however, disregard what he just said. Because he said, however, we need to figure out some places kids can congregate at. Where they can kill each other? <laughs> what the crap? What is going on in our society today that we're scared of teenagers now? What's going on? It's public opinion. It ain't teenagers. It's politics. Yeah, it's public well, opinion. I'm just saying what's going on with mayors and the police department and all the rest of them. You have a riot. You respond to it. You stop. Well, they didn't do it a few years ago. I guess they've seen that. They what's, burned down part of Minnesota uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, nothing happened to any of the people that were sitting those fires. The ones that they caught, they let go. Right. And then and Kyle Rittenhouse ends up spending a bunch of time in jail because he defended himself. So and what, what what's going to happen to these people who are literally acting like terrorists or not acting like terrorists? They are terrorists. What's the difference? You, you want to know why people think they can go into the Capitol? This. This kind of stuff. Tells people they can do it because nothing happens to them there. Why should something happen to them over here? It's the most. This is the most insane thing that's going on in our country right now. Well, the, the basically the sole purpose of government and free society is to protect people's rights, and stuff like this happens, and the government doesn't come along and protect people's rights. They stand down. And what's what is the? Why are people paying taxes? What is the point when the when the when people start rioting and setting cars on fire and setting buildings on fire and breaking into businesses and stealing things, and the government just stands down, um, why are we paying taxes? What's That's the point? a good question. What's the point? It's a good question. I just want to know where, why the police ignored all of this uh, information on uh, social media. I mean... We ignore social media when a kid gets on there and talks about, I'm going to shoot up my school. They don't, they don't prepare for that. They know it's, ha- it's, it's going on. They know it's being talked about. But they don't even send one person over to maybe slow, slow it down. One person wouldn't have slowed this, slowed this down, of course. I mean, there was hundreds of young people downtown. I think maybe even maybe a thousand or two. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. We've had weird stuff like this happening in in Little Rock, not to this extent, but we've had well, small were, riots. There, there was some rioting. I, I was talking to the one or, one or two of the Capitol Police down there during the session and talking about how some of the rioting that went on down there during COVID, and um, I guess it got pretty bad. They were shooting pretty good sized fireworks at the cops. Like I think, like mortar fireworks, the most big ones that really pop hard. Yeah, and um, that's basically bombing the police. I mean, this is this has got to stop. It, you know, if you don't stop lawless behavior, you know what 
what happened? You'll get more lawless behavior. And if you don't stop it when people are young, why would they stop doing it when they get older? That's a good. It's a good reason that we're building. I mean, it's Another a good prison. thing that we're building a prison in Arkansas because, like we said, Arkansas has been having this issue. Our county jails are full of state prisoners, so if there was a riot or something locally, they don't have five or they don't have five or ten beds in any well, jail of, to to keep them a for a day or they're, two. They're they're prioritizing the wrong things in a lot of cases. You you've got um, you, you've got probably. Thousands of man hours every day of cops sitting on the side of the road patrolling people for how fast they're going instead of actually patrolling people for actual real crimes that are serious. Um, and, and why not be pursuing the actual crimes? I- ignore a lot of these petty things that are, that are not really – shouldn't be a priority and um, pursue the real stuff. And, and stop clogging the courts up with these petty, stupid crimes that never should have been illegal in the first place. The fact that well, we have a seatbelt law where you can actually go to jail – if you don't show up for your for your ticket for speeding or for for a seatbelt violation, I, that's a money thing. That's there, a stupid yeah. <laughs> right. But people, uh, there's actually you can literally go to jail if you don't show up to court when you get a seatbelt violation. Yeah, but I tell you what, it's gotten bad enough to where the most people in jail are the bad guys. I mean, the marijuana guys and the and, and all the the petty drugs and a lot of that stuff, but. The bad thing is, though, just like Dave's talking about, if they start out doing little stuff, stealing things to and to get money to, and nothing happens, it, 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 happen. it ratchets up to then they start doing That's worse exactly and worse right. and worse stuff. So they see it all the time. Right. I mean, in the county, the, sh- the sh- sheriff told me that half the people they pull over that could fill out the reports. They go, they did a three twelve and a three ninety two, and they and they they know all the numbers of all the things that they did, so they could write the report as good as the officer is. They've been arrested so many times for the same right. thing. But well, I think one of the things that, that will cause the jails to fill up to some extent, you've got all these people out there with um, warrants because they didn't show up for court, and then they don't get released right away. I think they actually have to stay in jail until their court date. Yeah, but here's, here's the bottom line, uh, Paul, and, and, and I'll stand on this. If you don't, Teach people respect for the law when they're younger, just like a kid. If you don't tell, teach them uh, to have, say, respect for their elders when they're younger, they will not have respect for their elders when they're older. In fact, they'll, they'll use them. Uh, I did want to let everybody know I just got a kick uh, back on a text uh, from uh, Senator Brian King. He will join us at five after nine. Okay, great. And he'll be because this is something that he's been talking about five after nine. all all ses- all session. Uh, so he'll be or after eight, pardon me, next hour. He'll be with us next hour five after, after eight. eight. Okay, because we've got uh, we've we've got the uh, the, the head Land person Chester. from the uh, second district going to talk to us about uh, libraries and the fight they got going on in the second district about that. So all that's going on right now. We got a lot happening today. You're hearing us uh, plan the show as we go along <laughs> right now here on the Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about Pat Davis. Okay, I sent him a sent him a, a text too. Your health plan man uh wants you to know that you can save money on buying your health insurance. Uh 30 to 50%. That's a good thing for you. Uh he, he tells you that if you buy insurance through him, you'll not have any kind of co-pays. You won't have that, and he'll cut down those 
payments that you got to pay at the beginning before you even get to your insurance. All you have to do is call or text him, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or uh, go to uh, Your Health Plan Man, one word, Your Health Plan Man. Com. Okay, welcoming to the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show here on a Monday morning, uh, Senator Brian King. Senator, over the weekend on uh, politics uh, with, uh, who was it, Roby Brock, uh, the governor evidently said there might have to be a special session to deal with Medicaid spending. This is something you've been talking about for a long time. I guess this comes as no surprise to you, huh? Well, I'm glad the governor has come in, and it's not taken too long to realize that Medicaid suspend, spending is unsustainable. Uh, you know, I've been saying that for years. Unfortunately, you've got members up there in the legislature that uh, have not cared, and, you know, a lot of them have left, and let's just say it. They've cashed some big checks out of the stuff they've passed, and they've benefited personally. I mean, look at David Sanders. I mean... This has just been a you know a continuing year uh, uh, battle against Medicaid spending while the big special interests, the big insurance companies, and the legislative people that are still up there have made this to the point. So I'm glad to see the governor say this is unsustainable and look at it. I mean, um, but you know, unfortunately, if you listen to the ones up there, are they going to be the ones to try and fix it, or the ones that? created it and put it to this point. Okay. Yes. Now, let me let me jump in and just say that you and Josh Miller had a piece of legislation up uh, to go back to the way the way things had been, but from what I could understand out of it, it would save money, but the way it saves money, it cuts the insurance companies out. Is that the way that that was going to work? That's basically the way it would work. I mean, uh, it, it would go to what is kind of traditional traditional Obamacare or what Medicaid expansion really is in all the state other states that have expanded Medicaid and so it, it's nothing that would have cut anybody off coverage but the reality is if we really 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 want to try and make it right the taxpayers is the Blue Cross Blue Shield to pay back literally the hundreds of millions of dollars they've received uh, for ineligible beneficiaries I mean, that, that, that right there is a huge price tag. And for these guys, to uh, legislators, to just keep approving this. I mean, Dave, you know, we said this. You know, when I came into office, I sit there and spoke against the budget. Of You know, they're increasing spending again. They're exponentially increasing spending in future years. At a time, I'm worried about the economy. I mean, I, I keep asking people, Dave, and let me ask you guys this. Do you think the economy in three or four years from now is going to be better than it is now, about the same, or do you think it's going to be worse? I think it's going to be about the same. I'm going to I'm going to tell you that, but I think the only reason it will is I think the Republicans are going to take over the White House again. But, hey, what history have we seen the Republicans roll back a budget? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's talk about past history and track record. Uh, they could... They say they cut taxes in one area, then they raise them. They've, they've raised them in the past, and three more. But this is the subject that got me involved in politics. But uh, and one bad thing about it, it's the cost of doing business 
in Arkansas, you know, we ultimately went from $35,000 a year insurance up to 85000 toward the end. And my wife and I basically sold our business, and now we're working for another corporation that owns our business, and we're running the business for them. So this kills small businesses as well as all the other taxpayers in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, and, I mean, you look at the national debt. I mean, you'll sit there and, and uh, you know, people don't realize, uh, you know, and I asked Senator Stubblefield there on the Senate floor, I said, he, he was talking about Article 5 and how we need this because of out-of-control trees and debt and everything, and I asked him, I said, we're the second largest contributors to the national debt and deficit. He didn't have an answer for it. Well, it's him. It's governors and state legislators through Medicaid. I'll use this example. When I first came into office, Medicaid went over $3 billion total budget. And there were people then saying it was unsustainable. You know what the last budget that Senator Stumpfield just approved? $10 billion. <laughs> I, I mean, for Medicaid? A 350% uh, increase in, in mostly more federal money. And so these guys just sit there and go down there and they preach about and bash one thing. But the reality is, if you look at their own record of what they're doing, and, I mean, where's David Sanders at anymore? Remember him talking about we were going to save all this money when we expanded Medicaid and we were going to spend less on Medicaid and it was going to be this great, great program? Yeah, he got you know, out He got out while the getting was good, I guess. Yeah, he got a good check out of it, and now he's gone. I mean, Davey so, Carter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Davey Carter. I mean, there's a plethora of them that just all of a sudden – you know, they got out and cashed in. I mean, and, Jeremy Gillum uh, did a heck of a good job getting it all passed and working for ACE. I mean, Jeremy Gillum, I mean, he carried the water for the governor and got it all done. He's oh. carrying the water for oh, UCA now. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, these guys that sit there and come in, and when they leave, they, they're getting uh, uh, Kelly Link. There's another one, too. I mean, uh, you know, once again, it's not hard to figure out. I mean... What happens? And they just go in and say this on the front end, and then two years later, uh, two years later, where are they at? They're either getting a big check or they're trying to, you know, mislead people in another Republican primary to get reelected. Now, Brian, let me ask you a question: If your and Josh's uh, law had passed and had been made law, your your bill, and it had made, been made law, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. It would have basically transitioned pe- people to Medi- Medicaid fee-for-service, so it would have cut the insurance companies out. So Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Centene would not be getting hundreds of millions of dollars for ineligible enrollees. They would not be getting it. You would sit there and have somebody turn in a bill at Duckard, Arkansas, and then that would go through the regular Medicaid process. You would know what's going on. You wouldn't see these thousands and thousands of people that live in other states fictitious identities you would not see that as far as uh uh you know them you know blue cross blue shield gets a gets a uh a check off of it so you know they finally figured out i mean thanks to the governor coming in it's not taking anybody with an iq uh whether you want to expand medicaid or not i mean it doesn't take anybody with an iq over 20 to sit there and look at this i mean let's again i'll go back to these figures you know, Medicaid, when I first come in, was a little over $3 billion. Now it's $10 billion. You look at and mostly that increase has been under Republicans. But what we've got to get around is, is like I said, this continuing misleading people 
either to wait till they get out and get a job like David Sanders, perfect example, uh, or, you know, they just lie and mislead people in the next, uh, to get through the next primary. Uh, you know, how many times have we sit there and said, Republicans, I'm for limited government, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> limited government. There's nothing limited by what the record is. Where's the limit? All right, we got to get a break in. Can you can you hang on with us through the uh, news, and we'll have you back on. All right, you'll stick with us. Senator will be back with us after the news. That's coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. With you. Uh, seven minutes after eight on a Monday, Senator Brian King on the line with us. Uh, R.D. is here. Paul is here. R.D., you had a question for Brian. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll take a history lesson back to 2012 and 2013. A lot of Republican states opted not to take the, the $10 billion, you know, uh, check to to opt in for Medicaid expansion. The Supreme Court ruled that the states could not be forced to opt in to Medicaid expansion. So my question, Brian, is why can't we opt out? Can we not opt out and turn this program back over to the federal government? That's what he's well, been trying I mean, to do. No, no, not not exactly. Go ahead. Uh, it's it's trying to it's trying to reverse that course or go back to what would still provide. I mean, it's trying to get back to the original course of you know personal responsibility, budget responsibility. But the problem is, you know, we just. They just want to do it. I mean, I filed that bill and did it public health. I don't know that I was going to get – the only vote I was going to get was mine. I mean, everybody else, even though it's a Republican-dominated committee, uh, was like – I mean, Missy Urban, the chair, has been <laughs> one of the biggest expanders of it uh, of, that we have. I mean, so – Except for election time. The, the, yeah, and, and you know me, I'm not afraid to take anybody on or whatever and say. And uh, so what I did was in the break here – I just texted David Sanders and Dave Ellswick to get us on the same page and say, hey, how about getting me and David on the same program and talk about this because I just sent the graph, and this graph was compiled by the Bureau of Legislative Research. It wasn't compiled by me. And it just clearly shows that, Dave, if you look at that bar graph, that we're not spending less on Medicaid. We're spending hundreds of millions of dollars more on Medicaid. Right. And it is not anything what David Sanders and those proposed it was going to be. Now, whether you want to provide health care coverage for a certain population is one thing. But you know what? Just be damn honest about what what it's going to do and the cost and everything else. Don't lie and mislead people. And so I just sent that text to, I mean, Dave, we'll see if we hear a response from David Sanders uh, on, you know, that if he wants to come on and discuss it you know dave also sent you in a text so if you look at the text that i sent you dave uh it's it's the uh bar uh a dollar bill broken out into where we spent if you look at what we spent on medicaid before it has went up as far as the percentage of the budget while education has went down yeah i know it's passing the yeah, education I, I, now it's it exactly what I said it was going to do was when you it's like a balloon. It's very simple. Once you expand another area, it contracts in other areas. And clearly, you can see where uh, we're spending two hundred million. If we were spending the same percentage on education as we were pre-expansion, we'd be spending two hundred million dollars more. Well, that would pay for the learns program. I mean, that would pay for these other programs without raising spending. And, uh, you know, like I said, David Sanders doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, 
he just lied and misled people. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you know, Brian. I'll let you know. Yeah, I had already yeah, I had already sent a personal text to David asking him to come on to discuss this because I remember when this was first being discussed having countless you know arguments on the air with him about this and how how the side that was saying we need to do it the way we're doing it now how we were going to make Obamacare a uh, you know uh, we're going to bring it in and make it a Republican run kind of program and I said whose name is at the beginning of this bill? And he said, Obama. And I said, he has the final, you know, word on this. He's not going to go along with anything that you guys want to do. Uh-huh. And but, they refused to yeah. accept that. And what I'm breaking on, David, is he came on your show and lambasted you. He went around and told, told people that I was uh, basically misleading people when I talked to other states about the program i mean and clearly he just does not want to you know he's been the one that's been one of the most accusatory persons of you know what it was going to do and then when you questioned it with the fact he was one of them to come out and so uh you know let's just see if he doesn't just man up and come on and take me on on your show right but but to be clear on your bill what we're talking about is the Medicaid expansion is from 100% is covering people from 100% to 138% of, of uh, poverty level. Zero now we, to a, zero to 138%. Well, well, so you, most of the people in this program, as we found out in past numbers through Nick Horton, you know, do not work at all. Right. Most well, yeah, you're covering, but a lot of the people, some of the people were on it before, weren't they? Were they not? I mean, before a Medicaid expansion. Uh, you know, there's two different subjects. There's the expansion. I believe we were at 100%, and then we expanded it to 138%. But, you know, BB come up with a bright idea to bring all the insurance companies in on it. But I don't know why we can't opt out of the 100 to 138%, just opt out of it. But what you're proposing yeah. is just taking the insurance companies out of it. But before Obamacare, people could only apply for assistance with Medicaid from zero to a hundred percent, but why can't we opt out from the hundred to hundred and thirty-eight percent? Just opt out of it and, and give it back to the federal government, and then go back to the exchange. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, every time we have proposed something that reduced the numbers, remember how they would hit us in? How are you going to fix a hole in the budget? Remember this thing? Jim it's free, it's free money. Yeah. And, and they would go out and say, you know, if you, if we take these people off, you're going to hurt state budget, you're going to hurt education, you're going to ha- hurt everything else. Can't pay and for county roads, can't pay for schools. So, so, yeah. I, so yeah. I think that was, I think that was part of it. They would, they had figured out that you know, if we take this free, quote unquote, free money from the feds, then it will help to pad the rest of the state budget through various different avenues. Yeah, that was a lot. Well, we're taxing it, aren't we, Senator? Aren't we taxing the money that we get? Yeah, I mean, they sit there and tax the same program to help run and, and make them run the same program. Right. So what happened in, you know, Ace Hudson went out and said, well, if we don't pass this Medicaid uh, expansion and save money, we're going to have to raise taxes for roads. And my answer to him was, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, what's, you know now they're going to say that I-40 is going to turn into a dirt road and we're not going to have uniforms. <laughs> running down Markham Street. 
I mean, that was that was it. And it was like, and that was the line that they sit there and said. I mean, they sit there and said, if you reduce money in this, where is where are you going to fix the hole in the budget? Well, they sent it out to the county judges. They had all the county judges yeah. fighting for Medicaid yeah, expansion they because they told the county judges them. they wouldn't have money for them. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, me and Linda Collins were basically, and I'll tell you, man, I miss Linda in the Senate. Boy, I mean, yeah. I really do. I, <laughs> I miss uh, her, too. Boy, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, you know, because Linda was undeterred by the whole <laughs> surroundings of that place down there. And uh, so... But basically, you know, you're having the same issue of, like, you know, we need some accountability. Okay, that's what they don't want. They want to sit there and move on and say, move on to the next thing. No, we need accountability. You said we were going to save money. That was a lie. That was total wrong. There was no way we were ever going to save money or spend less on Medicaid. I proved it with the graphs. I just sent Dave the the dollar thing. I mean, and then now you're going to come back to those same people uh to try and fix the problem that they created and misled and deceived people about i mean once again i mean dave can show you look at the dollar things i mean no medicaid expanded and if you look at these county judges already you mentioned that turn back dollars if you look at that graph dave that i sent you turn back dollars to help our counties and cities with roads and things like that we need government to do that is stayed flat so really that's been a, a price decrease with the cost of things going up so they actually took money from Rhodes, and what happened with Asa Hudson and then Terry Rice got on there. I mean, remember the gas tax? You know, we put oh, yeah. the people in 2011. It's going to sunset. And after that, we're you know, it's going to go away. It's going to sunset. What happened? They just turned around and, and said, no, no, what we told you then doesn't matter. Uh, we're not going to sunset it, and then we're going to go ahead and put it back to you because we have mismanaged state government. Uh, money so badly that we need you to vote to raise more taxes to help pay for roads. That wasn't and a tax <laughs> increase. <laughs> yeah. but, to, but if you look at that line graph on there, Dave, I sent you and David Sanders, county turnback dollars had stayed flat. Well, flat is actually a decrease because it's costing county judges and mayors and cities and stuff more to do business. So it actually, Medicaid took money from them by expanding it. it instead of the opposite of you know, trying to say, hey, if, if you don't raise, if you don't, if you don't keep, if you take people off of Medicaid, we're going to have this. I keep repeating this term; it was like so sickening to hear it. A hole in the budget. Where are you going to educate these kids? Where you, you know, how are you going to do this? When in reality, they're the ones that, is, as clearly said, uh, took money away from the kids, and they took money away from highways. All right. We got to we got to let you go. We appreciate you joining okay. us today Thank here on the that. Dave Ellswick Show. You're one of the first names that came up uh, for yep. me of people we wanted to talk to because you've been adamant about this ever since it started. Never wavered. It was never. It was like anybody could see what was going on, except the the media that protected them and the liars like Asa Hutchinson, Mike Beebe. And, you know, like I said, David Sanders just needs to come on come on there and take me on. That's it. And All if right. I'm wrong, I'll, I'll admit it. So All let's, right. Let's see if he'll come out of his, uh, get, get out of his desk and his paycheck to come out and take me on then. All right. We appreciate you, Senator. Right. Thanks so much. We'll talk Thank to you, you later. You. 18 minutes after 8 here on a Monday coming up at 835. We'll hear from the former insurance commissioner, Alan Kerr, about this and see what he has to say. 
here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got other issues to talk about. We've got, uh, you know, a big issue coming up here within the hour. We'll be talking about a fight that's going on down in the Saline County area dealing with uh, the libraries. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. We've been talking about uh, Medicaid this morning, and the reason that this came up was that Roby Brock over the weekend in his show about politics, uh, Governor Sanders said that perhaps there would have to be a special, special session, session uh, to deal with the problem of uh, Medicaid here in the state uh, of Arkansas. So I, I uh, we called uh, Senator King, had him on. I called. Uh, Kim Hammer, he's in a meeting. He cannot do it right now. I tried to get a hold of Dan Sullivan. I haven't had a response back. Nick Horton hadn't had a response back. And so I uh, got a hold of uh, State uh, Representative uh, Alan Kerr and also the former uh, State Insurance Representative about coming on and talking about this. And he agreed to come on and join us right now by telephone. How are you this morning, Alan? I'm good, sir. How are you to do it? I'm doing great. I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this. Uh, uh, Senator King uh, went into a a long, long explanation about why he believes there's such a problem. And uh, I know for a fact, since I was involved with a lot of the discussions going into uh, Medicare and uh, the expansion of uh, Medicaid here in in the state and the arguments that I had on the air with uh, several uh, state senators during that time about how this was going to make money for the state, and I kept asking questions that they didn't want to answer. Uh, You haven't shown a whole lot of uh, proclivity of wanting to be behind uh, Medicaid expansion either. You know, can can you kind of explain to people how this whole process works? I mean, it seems like from what I'm understanding, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, when we went to Medicaid expansion with Obamacare and the way that the Republicans at that time that time did it, and the, the Democrats too, don't get me wrong, uh, but the, the bottom line was they said, you know, the, the, the county judges were going to get more money out of this and, and, and whatnot. Seems to me that who's really kind of getting extra money out of it, and Cruz brought this up, I... I can't come up off the tip of my tongue. He called it something quarter, and he said that insurance companies were going to make money hand over fist on this. Is that the case? Is that what's happening here? Is that why we're seeing so much you know, uh, expansion as far as money goes, taxpayer money, and the costs that it's causing taxpayers? Um, wow. There's a, lot of th- there's a lot of theories floating around in there. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, obviously, if insurance companies have the opportunity to write uh, policies for, for people and, and take care of their health needs, they're going to do it. Um, I do know that the Department of Human Services has been contacted by more than one entity, the one company, offering to help and uh, offering to uh, uh, help manage those uh, people coming off the, the, uh, the Medicaid rolls during this redetermination period. Um, you know, this is supposed to happen on a regular basis, and we've kind of put it off for several years because of COVID, and now, you know, everybody's scrambling around like like it was uh, 
something that was a, a surprise, and it wasn't. I mean, we've all known this was coming, and that this was going to have to be done. The redetermined process is basically set up to take care of those situations that, um, you know, people have gotten better jobs, uh, they've, they've moved out of state, and I, I promise you that a lot of folks that are on those roads now don't even live in Arkansas anymore. So you, you've got that population to deal with. New Hampshire has come up with a, uh, uh, to, to name a state that has actually got their arms wrapped around this, has come up with a process where they invite other companies in to uh, to call these people direct and um, try to help them with their coverage, uh, help them if they've um, received a letter uh, that they're no longer eligible for Medicaid. Some of them are eligible. They just don't have all the information in, and they help walk them through that. So um, New Hampshire is not having to do all of this on their own. They've uh, enlisted the, the, the private sector to help them with it. And so far, it's gone very well. So, you know, it, it's it's an opportunity that Arkansas might want to look at. And uh, um, instead of just, you know, trying to do all this on their own and, and throw people off of coverage, they can um, uh, enlist the private sector, the, the health insurance companies, to help them with it. As far as who's making money on it, you know, um, they everybody makes money on, on these situations uh, the health insurance companies the providers i don't know um and, and I, I do know that that it's pretty essential that we go through the redetermination process to um rebalance i guess you might say the uh the folks that that are eligible and the ones that are not and uh give them the opportunity to go out and, and get coverage properly um or they can they can uh, uh, keep their uh, keep coverage with with an Obamacare policy, just not on Medicaid. All right. So let me just ask this of you, Alan, because I I know that uh, I've had you on many many a time, and you were not yep. happy with the way that the uh, legislature was going about this. Even when you were a legislator, you fought against a lot right. of the things that they were doing. It, it, is it not true that what has happened over the past few years is that working Arkansans have found out that their health insurance has gone up in price while those people who are not working are being given good coverage uh, and it's not costing them anything? I mean, you only have you only have so much that you got to work with. Some there's going to be winners and losers in all of this, and it sounds like to me that the taxpayer tends to be the loser. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're you're right. The taxpayer does tend to be the loser. I mean, as far as anything goes, uh, as far as health insurance coverage, whenever you're you're giving coverage to someone um, for very little premium, that means that the that that the folks who are paying premiums those premiums increase and those have increased exponentially over the last several years. Um, ever since Obamacare went into a, went into play, um, you know, the, the average person who has, uh, uh, got an average income is not on Medicaid. Uh, if they don't have health insurance through their employer, 
And, oh, by the way, the employer's costs have gone way up, too. And you and I pay for that, not only in taxes, but in increased uh, costs for our goods that we buy. Uh, that cost has to be spread out someplace. Sure. I remember so, back. Let me finish. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it, it's it, at the end of the day, um, whenever something is, is given, uh, something else has to go up in price. So uh, to cover that, so and and the rest of us end up paying for uh, for that cost. Okay, Paul. all right. So, so I'm, my my care is I've been paying my own insurance for ever since before Obamacare, and I know mine went up probably at least threefold, maybe a little more than that. Um, but so my question is, um, has there been appreciable differences in availability of care now that? Um, a lot of people who don't really have any skin in the game are now having access to medical care, and they're maybe um, overusing emergency care and other things. Well, I mean, you've seen an upcrop of uh, uh, urgent care facilities come out uh, in Arkansas in the last uh, 15 years. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but mm-hmm. there, there are more urgent care facilities pop up yep. uh, because the the, the Emergency rooms at the hospitals are just overwhelmed, and my goodness, it takes forever to get through there. Um, so you, you've got uh, you've got a lot more opportunities for some of these businesses to to uh, uh, offer care and offer uh, the provider services that we haven't been able to get in the past. Um, but yes, I, I mean it, it's it's hard to get into uh, a doctor's office. I've I've yet to try to make an appointment at a doctor's office where it's not weeks and months in advance before I can get in. Yeah, I, I agree. That experience has been, but uh, that that's unless you unless you're real close with your doctor, and he's he lets you uh, squeeze you in from here, you know from time to time. Um, it's it's I know my wife. It takes her months to get her. Uh, her, her appointments. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Alan, and uh, we were told that that was going to happen when we started having the initial discussions about what we were moving to as far as health care went in this country. Artie, you had a question? You know, I'm kind of like Alan. I just don't know what to say. I'm too close to the subject, you know, been fighting the battle for too long, but we were just told so many lies. Basically, we I had decent health care for my company, went up 125% since Obamacare, 125%. Yeah. We have a yeah. state insurance commissioner that told me that he tells the insurance companies what the market will bear, what the market will bear. I've gone up 125% per se, and I've got a state insurance commissioner telling the insurance company, so we got beat in Arkansas Medicaid expansion. We got sold out by the Republicans. We live in no, a wait, socialist. Wait, wait, I'm going to stop on that. Okay. Just because it wasn't just the Republicans that it voted was the Republicans it. and the Democrats. Democrats. All right. Let's, All right. Let's, yeah. Okay. I didn't mention you know names like David Carter and yeah. Jonathan Dismayne and yeah. Asa Hutchinson and the rest of the group that sold us out. But the we are getting charged taxes through our insurance to pay for the socialism that they signed up for that they said they would stop after five years when the federal government stopped 
turning it. So right now for four people, I've sold my business. I can't afford to pay insurance for the businesses any for all my health care people anymore. I didn't go on their socialist program. I sold my business. Now I work for somebody else. So we're putting small businesses out of businesses, out of business. I'm paying $2,000 a month for four people. Uh, and uh, the world is just a great place. I have a $15,000 deductible I had never used, never met my deductible before. We can't get in to see a doctor. So, uh, boy, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to live in a socialist state where the health care is run by the government. Okay, i got to take a break. When we come back, Alan, i I got another question for you. I'm, I'll let you think about it while we take, a, okay. take this break, and that is you've been in all branches of government. And uh-huh. uh, I want to ask you, and I, I don't know, I'm going ma- to make you king for a day is what I'm going to do. What would you do to try to get this under control? I'll let you. I'll let you kind of make some thoughts. Have some thoughts on that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I got to remind everybody about ICU protection. Billy Mack. I'll be having lunch with him on Thursday. Looking forward to sitting down and talking with him uh, about uh, his uh, work here with the radio station and his work with ICU protection and how he can protect your home and protect your business. I mean, look, his business protects Nuke One. If they can do the security for that, they can take the care of the security uh, for you. Billy Mack, you call him at 501-205-1333, 501-205-1333, and he'll have a great discussion with you about how he can save you money by uh, giving security to you for your home or business. All right, back with you. Alan Kerr is our guest. Alan, got to ask you, I gave you a little heads up. <laughs> I know, I mean, I'm listening to you laugh. Look, you, yeah. were, you were in the, in the legislature. What would you say to, to other legislators right now? What are some things that we should do that we've done wrong uh, along the way? Well, I mean, here's the thing, Dave. When you let something get too far, it's, it's going to take a long time to unravel it. Um, you know, we've got a lot of folks dependent on these systems now. But to, a- to answer your question, if I were, in quotes, king for a day, uh, it would take a lot longer than a day, by the way. Right. Yeah, um, I understand. Yeah. But, um, you know, you'd have to enlist uh, private business, just like everything else, private business. If you got some competition out there, um, things tend to, uh, to get reasonable. Uh, prices get reasonable. Competition is, is good always. The, uh, but as far as, uh, uh, healthcare goes, there are lots of different ways to, to manage your healthcare. There are other options besides insurance. Um, you've got health share ministries out there that are, uh, coming more and more popular, uh, because of the freedom that you have there and, and, uh, the beliefs that people have of what they want to do with their health. Uh, healthcare, healthcare money, uh, healthcare premium. So um, uh, you, you, we're going to have to look for alternative ways to to do this. But uh, just giving somebody healthcare—that's um, just going to be a problem. that's going to get going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. I gotta, I gotta tell you, it's funny because the first thing you said about after you've done this for X amount of years, you can't just take it back. 
that was one of the first things that I looked and said to to, to Senator Sanders at the time. I said to him, because he kept saying, well, we're going to get this under control, and after five years we'll be done. And I, and I looked at him and I said, and who's going to tell all these people that you're going to put on you know, free health care that uh, they can't have it any longer? And I, well, I, it was all crickets coming back from that point. Yeah, uh, Ronald Reagan said the closest thing you'll ever see to immortality That's is a government right. program. Absolutely, and, uh, you can't kill it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm right. You start giving people something, you got to keep giving it to them. I appreciate yeah. your time, though, uh, Alan. I mean, what, what you do is you show that they've made a mess of this, and uh, and to get it fixed, it's going to take a lot of hard work and people saying. You're going to have to say no sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can't be all things to everyone. and uh, But, I mean, we need to take uh, more time and, and more thought about uh, how to manage our population and, and their health. I got you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Alan. You have a great day. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. Alan Kerr here with, with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show former insurance commissioner of the state, former state rep, former JP. I mean, he's he's been at it for a long, long time. And I, I used to have him on, and he'd be sitting here just kind of like shaking his head. He watched the plane crash, but <laughs> he, and, uh, I think he may have been on the plane when it took off. All right, so District 2 chair is here, Jennifer uh, Lancaster. I got a, uh, I don't think it was an email, it's a text that I got talking about a, a battle that is brewing and is now in the fruition of being a battle uh, down in Saline County. And uh, this is going to happen quite often across Arkansas. It's been going on for a long time already. Uh, Lori Lee, who I have on a lot of times, is talking about education. I got to know her 20 years ago when she was fighting this exact same battle we're going to talk about in Fayetteville or as I like to call it, Vietnam, all right? And, and she was fighting this, this particular battle, and that is books in the library that are in wrong areas of the library and are available to young people when they shouldn't be. Now, it seems to me, and we've got uh, Jennifer uh, Lancaster is here along with, along with uh, Angela Gray. Angela's got a shirt on says, Mama. You should have bear underneath that. <laughs> all right. And and she's been fighting this uh, this battle. You all are not saying that these books that uh, are questionable, and I've I've seen some of them, and they are questionable. Uh, when you start talking about anal sex in a book, it's not for kids. I don't care how often you want to say it is; it is not, and it should be in the adult section of the library uh, because. Uh, well, there's some people that are adults that might want to read about anal sex, but kids shouldn't. So uh, let, let's just start there because the librarians don't feel that way. Is that correct? That is correct. They believe that um, the young adult section is fine for kids, and it's by their American Library Association um, designates that that is an area for 12 to 18-year-olds. Okay. And they follow those those policies and procedures of the American Library Association. So they think that's fine for that kind of material to be in um, 
the the young adult section, which is part of the children's area. You know, there's yeah. there's the the picture books, there's the juvenile area, and then there's the teen are categorized as the young adult section, which is under 18. So have you asked them who's, who pays for their library? <laughs> that, is, that, it, is it the Library Association or is it the good? It is our tax dollars, Thank the you. millage of, of the county, and they do get state funding. So, um, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is our library. It is the county uh, citizens and library. did we not pass a law this last session to deal specifically with this issue? Right, right. Uh, SB 81, which is now Act 372, would, um, you know, give the procedures for which we could challenge books and ask for those books to be moved. Okay, and you've challenged and they should be moved? Is that what's happening well, now? Well, what happened was I went to the quorum court and just um, wanted to speak to the quorum court um, and during the public uh, dialogue yeah dialogue to just see if they even knew about um the books that were present in the you know in the library and um it sparked interest i mean the the quorum court didn't know that the books were there okay did you and show some of them to them i did and the quorum court members were very interested some more than others but um the quorum court members were interested and um basically i spoke and left it at that and walked out didn't you know didn't really think anything about it Uh, i came back the next week which was another quorum court meeting spoke again um and knew that sb81 was gonna you know it was in committee and i didn't know what was gonna happen with it at that point but i just wanted to make them aware that this was going on and um didn't hear much until i started um foying information from the library and that's when i guess i got the attention of the library staff and the mm-hmm. library director. Okay, and and have they been in contact with you? Um, no, they have not been in contact with us. Um, basically, they've been attacking us because um, they say that they don't have any, you know, explicit books in the library. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's just so ridiculous when they do this. This is crazy. It's we all, don't have any books in here that anybody should be just, upset just about. Just what I'm saying, you have to make definitions of what explicit is. So you, you can't talk in general terms. You have to talk in specific terms. And uh, there's going to have to be some definitions made of what's acceptable and what's acceptable. And it'll have to probably, I don't know, the Quorum Court hopefully will set some good definitions for their county. The Quorum Court approves the budget for the county library. So that is the people, they can have a say in this. So you're doing a good job going after the right people. I can tell you that. So I hope uh, that they'll uh, get the librarian's attention when budget times come. So, so Angela, do you have <laughs> do you have children? Yes, I do. I, I figure you children. did. You got mom yeah. on the front of your... I have your, two children. Your, uh-huh. Okay. What, what's their ages? My, I have one that is 18, and I have one that is 9. Okay. So, so. you have two children that fall right in this, yes. basically, this yes. category. Yes. Well, I guess it's 12 to 18 right. that they would be saying that it, we can have whatever books right. we are. I guess they think they should have the joyous sex and everything else in those... Do they already have that in there? Do you oh, know? Oh, I don't know. I, there are so many books, and there's a lot of... Um, I'll say a lot of uh, misconceptions. Most people will say when you're talking to them, they'll say, oh, we don't have that kind of stuff in our library. We have a really nice library, and we our, our library is 
it's everywhere. Um, if you do a search of your library, uh, you'll find these titles um, in the library. I mean, there's an, I don't believe well, that there's... Well, their, their association says they're okay. Right. Right, exactly, and and these are in in the small county libraries. I mean, I and I, I was one of those probably that said, "Oh, we probably don't have that stuff." And I mean, a deep search. I mean, just a little scratch on the surface, and um, you can fi- start finding the books immediately, um, just by going to your card catalog. Um, looking, just start looking books up, and then you know do some research, and you'll you know you'll find that. There's lots of books. I mean, and we're not talking about a handful of seven books. We're talking about hundreds of books um, that are in the library. Now, you're not asking them to censor these books from not being in the library. You just want them moved in the library. Right, correct. We just want them moved to the adult section where they're out of the view and out of the reach of children. All right. So... We've got the District 2 chairman here. All right, and it's Jennifer Lancaster. Jennifer, how did you get involved in all of this? Well, in addition to being the chair of the 2nd Congressional District, I'm also the president of Sling County Republican Women. Okay. So um, I just want to say that I am so incredibly proud of Angela and, so, and many of our other women who have been leading this charge. They're doing exactly as they should be doing. We as Republicans and we as Christians are supposed to be leading this battle because it's a spiritual battle. We don't wage against flesh and blood. It's against the evil principalities and dark spirits of the world. And that's what they're doing. They're, you know, finding evil and they're exposing it. Um, But they're doing it in a very respectful and reasonable manner and well within the confines of the law. So um, as she referenced, SB 81, which is now Act 372, was passed. We're not asking for anything other than what is going to be uh, enacted, or it's, it's already been passed, but it goes into effect within less than 90 days. Okay. But instead of waiting until that 90-day period has expired, since it's come to our attention, we're asking that the Quorum Court be proactive and go ahead and have these books removed out, so they're no longer easily accessible to young children. I go to this library. I know Angela does, too. We've taken our children there, and um, you know we like to let our kids just look through the books, look through the aisles, um, and part of the fun is just letting them pick out books and bring them to us and we look at them together. I don't want my children stumbling upon some of this very graphic material. What we posted online on our Facebook page, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That was really just to get the conversation started because we're not comfortable posting what we've actually found. We're not comfortable reading it. (laughs) I don't think any decent human being, adult, Um, would be okay with this material. It is very explicit. It talks about statutory rape. It talks about um, anal sex between a young man and uh, an adult. Um, It talks about what the condom looks like after the sex act is over. It's graphic. It's disgusting. It should not be in our library. And as she said, as taxpayers, we're funding this. Mm -hmm. And we have not just a right but a duty to be involved in this process. And so I'm just uh, incredibly proud of our ladies for leading this charge and not backing down despite the uh, the ludicrous allegations that have been made because no one has said a word about defunding. Um, no one has said a word about banning the books. Uh, we just want them moved. Um, and a simple search, if anyone really had the desire, within 15 minutes they could have realized that we haven't asked for any of those things. They could have gone to the quorum court's agenda and pulled the resolution, and they will not see any of those words within the resolution that we are supporting. So bottom line, and go back to what Angela 
answered earlier from me. You're not asking for censorship. You're asking for just replacement. Correct, correct. And we actually have um, began looking for other books that we would like to uh, for them to add to their collections um, that, you know, um, basically with every book, hopefully we can find one that we think that they'll add um, to help you know add to their collections as well so all right well it's nine seventeen. we got to get a break in let's do that we'll come back we'll talk more uh our guests again are jennifer lancaster she's the district two chair and the chair of the uh, saline county republican women is that correct That's did right. i get it right and then we've got uh, angela gray here she's just a concerned parent 1.1 fm the answer all right, 20 minutes after 9 on a Monday morning. I'm Dave Ellswick. R.D. Hopper is here. Paul Calvert's here. And our special guests for this hour are uh, Jennifer L- uh, Lancaster, who is, I almost want to say my daughter's name. That's because her name is Jennifer, too. So she's here to talk to us as a District 2 chairman and the head of the Republican Women of Saline County. And then Angela Gray, who's a concerned parent who went up into the uh, decorum court and said, hey, did you know these books are available to our kids? And uh, uh, the, the library sniffed out there's somebody talking about them. And so they're, like, uh, putting out all kinds of information not right about you, Angela. Why don't you, why don't you talk about what they're saying? So they are saying that we are trying to defund them. Um, they are saying that we are trying to ban the books. Um, we simply just want those books moved to inaccessible to the ch- to children. 18 plus. Right, exactly. Okay. So we just want them to basically move the books and not be in the view and, the, um, you know, that children can see them or, you know, just pick them up and start reading them. You remember back in the day where Playboy and Penthouse and all of them had magazines out. And if you went into a, a public bookstore, they had pieces of cardboard in front of them so you couldn't see the the uh, the cover. Now that was for behind the counter. yeah, that was for adults. All right. If we would do that for an ad, for adults during the day, why wouldn't we do what she's asking about for children today? That just makes sense to me. Don't we have enough enough sexualization of young people today to? Well fill our bellies what do you always say that hollywood in entertainment always says they're upstream from society they are trying to change the actual fabric of this country and why is it acceptable this country and they are attacking christians and christians values and this is what they're talking about is another attempt for them to change the future of society and what's viewed as successful uh, uh acceptable for society and and uh, they're just stopping it on one front. But this is a thousand-point attack. I had to watch. Last night I was watching the History Channel. Uh-huh. And the commercial comes on. And I had to watch two guys kissing each other. Oh, that's On a, a commercial. For the, for the drug about HIV. Yeah, I know what I you're talking about. I'm like, really? I almost threw a pillow at the television and knocked it off the counter. I'm like, oh, man, this is enough. But we're under attack. We are under attack right now, but see, and, and but that, that's, people are going to, have to stand up. To that's it. a TV that you put in your home, all right. Yeah, that's it's different. About, it's that's to... different than your public li- yeah, this is worse. public library 
where where parents say we'd rather these books not be in the the juvenile section and and teen section and move them to the adult section where we think that they belong and it's up to the library in in this case i guess it's going to be up to the quorum court to tell the library that that's what the parents want that's what you have to do i mean that's that's why this was all set up by senator dan sullivan correct correct this is a start this is a start and you know elections have consequences all the way down to your neighborhood that you live in so you're getting ready to learn what type of people you elected to be on your quorum court so uh, when you learn what type of people you have then you're going to get even more involved in politics (laughs) because politics it affects our lives so i hope you find that you've got some good people with good principles on the quorum court that are concerned more about the children in their community than what their future career looks like. Angela, you said you've been there twice now to the quorum court. Have you gotten any calls from uh, JPs saying that they support what you're trying to do? I, I have had the the two two of the JP the two JPs that have brought forth a resolution for tonight um, at tonight's quorum court meeting. Um, have were very you know uh very interested in what i had to say um they've they came over after the probably the second time i spoke and said you know we're looking into this we're going to do some investigating which was fine i i think they should everybody needs to go facts you know get their own facts i mean um take what we say but go do their research but most people especially the left they don't want it they don't want to go do any research they just want to take what we say like jennifer said we posted a few books they weren't very bad to the extreme of what is out there but um it was just a conversation starter and yeah that let me it. say one of the books that i saw was about uh, i don't know a cat or something yeah. and anyway the, the person who wrote a story about this said, what's the big deal? I don't see anything about, uh, you know, that's problem, pro- problematic. Uh, oh, wait, there's, there's a magnet on the refrigerator for LGBTQ. Well, it's, it's even more than that. There, for transgenderism, the flag of transgenderism is on it, and there's another. There was something else on it. I mean, I picked it up immediately. As a, this is something I'm starting to get good at. When I'm watching, you know, uh, television and things of that nature, the underlying messages that they throw in, the the messages are there. Yes, they are. They are. I mean, the kids see that stuff on the ca- on the on the uh, refrigerator, on you know the picture. They get used to seeing it, and they don't think nothing about it. Then, right? We're trying to. These books are trying to normalize. Um, deviant, deviant behavior. behavior. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Deviant behavior. Yes, they are. And and they're if you pick one up and it's the picture book. I mean, they're so colorful and like you said, they well, have they look like a kids book. They I have mean. little little hints of things in them that pop out at kids and they think it's okay. I mean, it it, it becomes just a a normal normalizing. Thing that they think is okay. Well, it's like people who tell me, well, we don't teach about transgenderism or gay behavior, yet they have a gay pride parade inside the school. Come on. So, well, so Walt can... Disney does. That's for a fact. Walt Disney. You know, I told you 
real quick, I came in contact with somebody I do business with regularly in my community. Her little boy starts schools next year. So she said, well, you might get a girlfriend now that you're starting school. Well, he'd been Walt Disney. He'd been watching Walt Disney. He said, well, I might get a boyfriend just like so-and-so on the show that I've been watching. And the mom about had a heart attack. She thought that if she he was watching Walt Disney, it was safe. Uh-huh. Guys, Walt Disney uh, nope. is not even safe. No. This is a neither is Nickelodeon. We're, we're any of those. Attack. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to change. And so that that kind of comes down to it. One of the easiest ways to to teach people something is never tell them what you're teaching them. You just immerse them in it. Uh, you don't have to t- tell the kid you're talking to them about um, perversion. You just immerse them in it, and so they they become accustomed to it, and then they embrace it without you ever normalize knowing. Normalize it. You normalize it. That's what you. And that's what, what we've done with do. so many. That earlier, we we're talking about socialized medicine or whatever else. When you immerse people in it, you normalize it, and they become they become so accustomed to it. It's like, well, this is just a human right, or this is just normal. We should all embrace. Let these me sort explain of that from another another standpoint. Let's let's look at uh, racism and and black culture and things of that nature. When uh, Bill Cosby at the time was doing the Cosby show. One of the things that he demanded is that the family that he had it would be a black man who was very successful mm-hmm. and things of that nature and they were saying, Well why? And he said, Because that's not what black people see on television. We want to make it normal for them to see black people being doctors and lawyers and all kinds of things. Men I agree with that. Men especially being successful. And a lot of times people have complained that you know, a lot of times men are, are portrayed on TV as being buffoons and just foolish. Well, that's all men. All a right. lot of times, yeah. We'll take a break now. We'll come back after the news and we'll talk further about this. You got questions? 501-823-0965. All right, so we were talking about Disney just a moment ago and how they're not safe any longer. So let me give you a, a really good example. This is not about sexually explicit material. This is about something like slavery. This is from their new version of Proud Family, and this is what it says. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First it was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, Four million, million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made, made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current senators, the Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. 
There you go. That's what Disney's teaching your kids. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at Jennifer. She's stunned by that. <laughs> She'd never heard it before. No, I haven't, and it's shocking and uh, disappointing. I don't even think that's not even a strong enough word. Um, it's a lie, is what it is. It's absolutely a lie, and it just shows how they are targeting our children. I mean, this is this is a war for the souls of our country, our children's souls, and we have to stand firm. I mean, we are the the final line of defense between this corporate governance and our children, and we're going to stand firm and we're not going to back down. So, all right, now I'm going to say something going to make some people mad. This is something that RD and I say a lot. If your pain to bring Disney into your home, which is about $20 a month that I know of right now. Uh, if you're doing that and you say, well, they got the Mandalorian and they got this and they got, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to say, you're part of the problem. Yeah. And if you're going there, if you're put it, you're taking your money and you're going to Disney on vacation, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. I'm having a long this is this is becoming a little bit of a bone bone of contention between me and my daughter because she's a huge Disney fan, has been for years, but the years before until about the last five or six, that was understandable because it was wholesome entertainment, it was what we believe in as Americans. Walt Disney's spending his grave on this stuff, uh, and now it's not that any longer. It is not that at all. I mean. And so, well, I agree. And um, you know, we—I'm a—I was a huge Disney fan. I loved Disney growing up. I was one of the reasons I was excited to have kids. We used to, to gather kids. around we the Disney TV. Family movie night. Remember when it was just called yeah. the World, the World of Disney, and you would, as a family, you would sit around and watch it and spin and Marty and all the other stuff that they had on, and all the great. Uh, stuff that natural geographic does now about animals and stuff they used to have all of that yeah yeah we went to disney world almost every year up until just a couple of years sometimes twice a year. we loved disney but it's not about us it's about our kids mm-hmm. it's about the spiritual war that we're in we have to draw a line in the sand and say we're not going to be participants in this evil because that's what it is see this is just this is just another little slice of the war that's going on right now. And it is a war. Whether you like whether you like it or not, you are in a war if you've got kids. Mm-hmm. It's happening within your public library. It's happening at Disney. It's happening at your schools. It is a war that you've got to fight. Now, if you, well, I'll take it back. You don't have to fight it. You can just roll over and capitulate if you want to. I refuse to do that. Well, what Sanders has done with, with educational freedom... What Governor Sanders has done with educational freedom is a big step in the right direction. Well, it does. And having the, the money. said, put the parent back in control. That's exactly right. The parents need to be in control of the situation. If the school is a public school has been your daycare center to keep your kids in and think that they're educating them correctly, then uh, it's time to take them back. And I think a lot of people during covid learned a lot about what their kids were being taught when they had them at home so it's time to take it seriously and it's time to take our country back we can't take our country back unless we take our kids back all right so what are you asking uh, other parents to do angela are you asking them to join up with you basically i think i mean that you know that's up to, to or just show how, up at how, the how involved people want to be um you know tonight at six thirty at the uh, sling county courthouse 
uh, the Quorum Corp is going to meet. Um, if you don't know what's going on, I mean, come down, find out what's going on. Hear our side of the story. I think, there, you know, there's been a lot of misinformation put out by by the library and um, the employee, library employees and just people in Sling County who haven't um, haven't re- researched and don't know what's going on. Um, they want to take one side and go with it and never do any research. I mean, it's it's simple. Now, I, I would say this. Now, these library employees are county employees. I mean, they're, they're paid by the people of uh, Saline County. If they're pushing out misinformation and it is proven that it's misinformation, they should be fired. Well, we are taking screenshots, and we have evidence that it's not accurate. So um, that will come to light in due time. Good. But I would also like to point out that if people would like to help us in this in this mm-hmm. fight, they can contact the JPs. If they're Sling County residents, we encourage them to contact their JPs and let them know that they are in support of this resolution. Now, if they don't know who their JP is, where can they turn to find out who their JP well, is? Well, Reopen Arkansas, yeah. I'll, I'll let Angela explain this. Reopen Arkansas has a list of all the JPs, and they also have um, access to a map. You can go to the Secretary of State's website, and mm-hmm. there's a map where you can enter your information, and it will show you who your JP is, who your rep is, and who your senator is. There you is. go. So we encourage that. Also, no yes, excuse. showing up tonight, if you want to come, and even if you don't want to speak, but you want to hear what's really going on, we encourage you to show up. Um, it begins at 630, so probably show up early because we're hearing that the other side is bussing in some folks from around the state to bussing fight back. in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're hearing. And uh, also, to Angela's point, we do have some some, I call them social media wannabes down in Sling County, who, even though they actually do know the truth, because some of our people have reached out to them with the truth, they have decided not to pull their comments because they're getting so many likes and shares. And, you know, that... Exactly. And so, even though they know the truth, that apparently they just don't have that sense of responsibility to the people who are relying on them for information, which is unfortunate. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Okay. I've got got one quick thing. I, I would have to say that these schools... These books are probably in every county in the state of Arkansas, and I would ask you ladies please to provide us a list of these books so we could post them. What my call-out would be is if you're a concerned parent, whatever county you live in, you need to go check your library, and that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that this, what's going on in Saline County, might spread throughout the state, and that's exactly what it needs to do. You found a problem. It needs There needs to be a resolution to the state committee, and it needs to be uh, needs to go on the platform that the Republicans of Arkansas do not stand for this being available to their children, and this needs to be a statewide push. Yes, I mean, it is uh, incumbent upon every parent to step up, and they can use the law that our legislature passed, which is going to make it a crime for this material to be accessible to children. So, again, you know, parents, the law is on your side. It's Act 372. You can reach out to us if you have questions, but we have to be proactive in this fight because our children are at stake. All right, we got to get a break in, and then uh, we'll come back and finish up. We've got one more segment, so we we want uh, you to be here for that. Don't forget about East End Towing. You can get stuck out on the highway like I have the last two times in the last five weeks. I called East End Towing at uh, 501-888-8849. They have taken good care of me once from my house, once from in front of Marco's Pizza on 89 in Cabot, They've, they came out, they did a great job, and uh, no hassle, and uh, very, very professional. 
8849. That's 501 888 8849 for East End Towing. 